Welcome to another episode of Hurwitz's House of Horror. I'm your host, Steve Dracula Hurwitz. No! And this is the podcast where we talk about spooky, scary movies during the spookiest, scariest time of year. With me, as always, is my co-host, Jefferson Frankenstein Miller. Oh, Frankenstein. Maybe not. That's well, uh, kind of like Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he actually talks. Does he talk? Ooh. It sounds, yeah. All right. There you go. <laughs> sure. I'll do the rest of the episode like that. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. We are in the fourth week of October, and that means we are in week four of Hurwitz's Horror Part two, the sequel. Jeff has just recently informed me that on last week's episode, the Gremlins Two episode, when uh, <laughs> when I when I edited that bit to have it really loud and echoey, it was really loud in in his oh, man, headphones yeah. or in your car. Gave me a jump scare on the way over here. Today. So yeah, I guess I didn't really. I tried to like adjust the audio levels to match each other, mm-hmm. and I don't think that was the smartest thing to do since they're two separate tracks and they don't have the same volume as the other things. Yeah, those bats were real loud. So I apologize to anyone if that has caused accidents or you have lost your hearing. Because we really need everyone to keep listening to this podcast. Yeah, we don't want to be too scary. Yeah, we got to rein things in up until Halloween time, the actual day. All Mm -hmm. Hallows' Eve, where you wear a mask that turns your face into bugs or a man comes up and stabs you for no reason. What what else is something that's spooky? Uh, Witches. Witches. Zombies. Whoa. Um, Climate change. (laughs) That is... Probably scary. the spookiest of them all. And dying alone. That's always one. That's too. a big one. That's, that's a big one. Very scary. Yeah. <laughs> well, we hope everyone out there is having themselves a very spooky and fantastic October so far. Jeff, how's your October been? Uh, it's been pretty good. I want it to be colder. I agree. You know, it's getting there, but think, it's not cold enough. I think last week or the week before we even said, ah, it's a nice, crisp, cool 80 degrees or something. Yeah. And it has still been like that. So we got two more weeks for this climate change to kind of kick into gear and be like, all right, fine. We'll celebrate your October weather with a little chilliness. It'll be 65 now. Yeah, we'll have like two weeks of cooler weather before it gets blistering hot again. Can't wait for that. And that's been your Hurwitz's House of Horror weather report. do 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 Weather. I was trying to do a play on the horror house. Yeah, I like that. Thanks. I was. It felt right. It wasn't. That wasn't doing. I didn't do very good. Oh, I liked it. I also blame the fact that my mouth is really dry. I bit into a cookie right before we started this, and I was like, "Oh God!" Panic set in. Yeah, it was a cookie made out of uh, cotton balls. No, what's something spookier than that? Drywall. Yeah, was the spookiest (laughs) of them all. Drywall (laughs) insulation. Well, Well, Jeff. As about we move ourselves straight into the horror hour. Boom. What do you got for us, Jefferson? Well, let me let me interrupt you there. I have a firsthand report. Uh Oh, breaking news. I saw a trailer. Yeah. Can we tell you about it? Please. 
I've never heard of this horror game. It's a horror indie game, apparently, that came out like last year called Iron Lung. Okay. And uh, there's a YouTuber, but a bunch of followers. He has like four million followers. His name is Markiplier, and he ma- apparently made a movie based on the game called Iron Lung, and the trailer's out on YouTube. I did watch that with you. Yeah, it, it looks... Seemed pretty cool. Yeah. It's a man just covered in blood, and he stood up, and he was giving Says like a, bunch a of stuff. big old monologue. And Yeah, something uh, about being in hell or underwater or something. I didn't really... I was really just like, this is a really cool visual, but I didn't get anything from what this movie's going to be about. No, me neither. Very much a teaser. It felt a little bit like the intro to Daredevil. I'm looking at the game, if this is even connected to it on Steam right now. The little description says, a short horror game where you pilot a tiny submarine through an ocean of blood on an alien moon. That sounds right. That, yeah, applies pretty you know, well to that. Of blood. Yeah, it looked interesting. I, I hope it's good. Yeah, me too. I'll probably wait for some reviews to come out. And if it's as bloody as the trailer made it seem, I'm on board. Yeah, and apparently um, while filming that trailer, he got a bunch of whatever that fake blood was in his eyes and he had to go to the hospital. Ooh. Yeah. Have you ever gotten fake blood in your eyes? Uh, No, not yet. Glad to hear it. Yeah. Is that corn syrup? So any horror <laughs> news from you? Yes, before we move into that, I just want to remind everyone that there are time codes in the description if y'all just want to skip past any of what I'm about to say, because it's usually a lot of just absolute nonsense. But real quick, I just want to let everybody know that we have made a switch to a new SD card this week. I know I've mentioned in the descriptions a little bit that there are jumps that I can't edit around because it's just how the file is. Yeah, you'll notice we'll be talking and then all of a sudden it will be like, yeah, and then the guy... Uh, underneath the bed and it's like i don't know what they're talking about yeah it, it, the one that really kind of bummed me out was in the exorcist believer description i was just describing something and i it cut off before i was able to say that david gordon green was the director so mm-hmm. it just kind of jumped into me talking about a directing style and i was like oh no i can't i guess i could have like edited it just myself with too much time too thing. much work yeah, it was just too like ugh, it's fine so hopefully that is an issue we have resolved for from here on out and if it continues well i uh, got we got another issue to fix here on this podcast but we'll get to that that's um, so scary and i actually do have one more piece of horror hour news it's um uh what i'm drinking right now it's the fanta zero sugar hashtag what the fanta uh mystery flavored soda what the fanta yeah it sounds like an ad but it's not um mainly because it doesn't taste very good it looks just dark and black yeah they tried to make it like a black soda it has like some webs on there some bats some spiders kind of it's fun seasonal and what was your review of this um it's zero it's sugar free which is the biggest mistake i think and it just tastes kind of like maybe like a blueberry like a like a grape it sounds like it's just kind of like sugar syrup yeah it sounds sounds heavy doc so you know i experienced it so you didn't have to Mm mm-hmm I appreciate that, and I'm sure all the listeners do, unless you're into blueberry grape. Blueberry grape? grape Maybe that's flavors. my guess. I don't know. Uh, let me know your guess. Do you think that they're all different, or they all taste like that same I flavor? bet they all taste the same. Yeah, probably. That's a Kind of like the uh, airhead, air Oh, yeah, guys the white airheads. That are white. Yeah. Not airheads, but. Aren't they airheads? Mm, I don't know. Maybe. Probably. Anyway, uh, what about what about you, sir? Well, Horror news. Speaking of movie trailers, I ended up rewatching the trailer for the movie we're going to be seeing this week, Onyx and the Fortuitous. Talisman of Onyx, Onyx the Fortuitous and the Talisman of Souls. Yeah, that's what it's called. I have been seeing like a bunch of parody posters that he's been putting mm-hmm. up online. There was one for Saw. There was one that he did with Taylor Swift. There was another <laughs> one, I think, for The Exorcist. And I'm like, man, this is really fun. 
And I was a little kind of like on the on the fence about seeing this. I'm, um, we're seeing this on Thursday, so I'm, right. I'm looking forward to that. But just seeing this kind of promotion and it, it got me excited. So I rewatched the trailer and I'm very much looking forward to nice. our field trip to the movies on, on Thursday. Hell yeah. And I'm sure we report back on that next week in the Horror Hour. So if anyone is curious, I definitely recommend watching the trailer and waiting for... Uh, for our review of that, our mini review. Yeah, and uh, my goal, who knows if I'll actually follow through, is to film some of it and then put it up on the Patreon, patreon.com slash H-H-O-H. So I forgot to mention last week, mostly because I was I did a lot of talking about The Exorcist Believer. Along with Totally Killer, I watched another sort of 80s-centric movie. It was Shudder's VHS 85. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I, I've i talked about the VHS series before. I talked about, I think we watched the trailer for this one, you know, a month or two ago. And you were like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, that looks more of the same. And I will admit, I have been let down by this series in the past two entries. I think maybe there was one, two max uh, of the little short videos uh, on each that I actually enjoyed it was like that was fine right they just kind of went downhill for me i mean if if you're into it i can see why people would like it but just 94 i think it was or 99 whichever one there was just like this really annoying group and that was the first segment and that almost made me turn it off it was rough but let's not talk about those old ones let's talk about this new one for a minute this one was pretty good this one felt like a return to numbers one and two i think two was my favorite probably followed by this or very close to number one with this. It does a really good job at capturing the eighties. Jeff. Oh my God. There was so much big hair in this. Uh, And we all know. I forgot to mention the big hair that was also in totally killer because they go back in the eighties and that, right. right. Jesus. I just had like two sensual movie night for you. Big hair. Yeah. So big hair, the clothing, like they did a really good job at just, you know, having the VHS kind of, you're, you're watching from that kind of found footage. Mm Mm-hmm. There was some very gory moments. And I think all of these segments, there are five in total. And they went back to the whole wraparound. Like there's an overarching story weaving throughout them all. Right. They didn't have that in the last one. So I was glad to, to see that return. There was some good prosthetics and some good gory stuff. And most of these segments were very strong. There wasn't one that I was like, that one was bad. I'd say some were better than others, but they were all solid I think that it's definitely worth checking out on Shutter for sure. And uh, at the New York Comic Con, I believe it was, there was an announcement for the next installment in the series. <laughs> so the head of AMC Network's film group, Scott Schumann, has said, following the massive success of VHS 85 and its previous installments on Shutter, it's clear that the filmmaking team won't be running out of unique ideas anytime soon. We're thrilled that the franchise is going in a bold new direction that will surprise fans and newcomers alike and demonstrate the innovative capabilities of sci-fi within the world of VHS. So they're going more into a sci-fi horror type. Interesting. Like it's futuristic stuff, which Mm -hmm. I am excited about, but also it has me worried because I feel like maybe that's going to involve a lot of CG. Right. Or it'll be hopefully more like the alien used universe, very practical Mm -hmm. and prosthetic-y. I think that would be the smart way to go. Fingers crossed. Jason Voorhees, Leprechaun, Pinhead, Dracula, even the Amityville Horror House ended up in space. So as we move (laughs) into our own part seven, it was only natural that we should too. The sci-fi horror genre provides us an infinite playground of forbidden worlds and dangerous life forms, a formula which we're confident will lead to the biggest, maddest, bloodiest VHS ever. That sounds pretty good. So long as they 
keep taking things in the in the direction that 85 went. I'm totally on board. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. It's just nice that I kind of have found something I enjoy back in this series because like I have mentioned, it just let me down for the past two. Even if this one isn't good, I'm still going to be checking it out. It's just fun. Well, let me know when the trailer comes out. I absolutely Let us all will. know. Another bit of horror horror news I have is that the TV rights for Halloween have been sold off to Miramax. There was a lot of shopping around the past couple of weeks for who the rights would go to. And I did hear that A24 was in the mix. Yeah, that's the last I heard. Yeah. Uh, Deadline reports that Miramax Television has signed a wide ranging deal with Malika Cod's Transcast International Films to develop and co-produce a Halloween TV series, which also includes a first look agreement on other television projects for the international marketplace. The site's report continues. The new Halloween series is envisioned to potentially launch a cinematic universe spanning film and television. Uh, Hmm. Just the whole cinematic universe thing. Everybody needs to give it a rest. I get that's like the only way to make money these days, but it's getting old. I am sort of on board with this because... Mm -hmm. John Carpenter's original idea for Halloween itself was to be an anthology series, hence why number three is the absolute bonkers batshit oh, madness yeah. we're having See if they masks. if they announced an, an anthology series show, I'd be stoked. But something about like a I don't need it to tie into the movies, you know, like true, but just do sh- a sh- do a series of shows, maybe. Well, it could also launch a new series of movies. True. Where it could set up true. for that. Or maybe we'll finally have the introduction of the Silmar Shamrock masks into a Halloween-centric universe. I I think so long as the, uh, I guess, the people in charge don't let this go down the toilet or oversaturate the market with the Halloween name, Mm -hmm. things should be okay. And I'm sure people are sort of happy that, like, the David Gordon Green thing is over and, like, Halloween ends still gets a lot of shit. So... If those, it could be good. Yeah, maybe those people are looking forward to, uh, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I'm getting a little like worked up because we've <laughs> talked about having the Halloween franchise. It delves into fucking Druid's curses and mm-hmm. incest. And oh, did he get his head chopped off? No, that was actually uh, a paramedic and he's still alive. There's a lot of like loose ends, a lot of missed opportunities. There's a lot of shit that I don't know why people got really upset at Halloween ends and they're not upset at like shit that happened in Halloween five. That's all I'm saying. Let's just do something nice, fresh. And again, some more spooky season content. I mean, come on. Done correctly. Michael Myers on TV could be pretty cool. And it's just if we see him back on, maybe they'll save him for the movies. Who knows? Yeah. I'm excited just to see where this leads. I have one final bit of Hora Howard news. I was walking on home earlier today from Starbucks, got myself a nice coffee, got myself a nice scone. Mm-hmm. And uh, this gentleman kind of bumps into me and he says, what's your pleasure, sir? And he shoves this this puzzle in my hands. And I was like, oh, sick. I fucking love puzzles. You don't love puzzles. Yeah, you puzzles you're always puzzling. All the time. You got a puzzle outside in the living room right now. Yeah, the beyond. That's um, right. Not gotten a lot of work done on that one. It's much more difficult <laughs> than there. I thought it would be. Yeah. yeah. I think I have four pieces now uh, put into the actual frame itself. So <laughs> that was something. But like it's it's like a 3D puzzle. And during oh, COVID, that's cool. you saw I built the Eiffel Tower 3D puzzle. Yeah. So I'm just been kind of like working with this wow, one. Wow, that thing's really cool looking. It's so it's so shiny. Pretty and shiny and oh. Oh. Wait, that what about that piece right there? No, I'm I don't know. It's moving. Whoa. Whoa, whoa. Uh Uh-oh. Whoa. 
No thanks. We, we have, have a, a podcast to record. No, don't do that. This week, we're talking Hellbound, Hellraiser 2 from 1988. Directed by Tony Randall. The vision is renewed. The power is reawakened. is reborn because they have returned. Time to play. Hellbound. Hellraiser 2. Brace yourself for terror you have never imagined. That was weird. Yeah. What the fuck? I don't think I like puzzles anymore, Jeff. I feel like I like them even more. I'm kind of turned on. That's whoa, weird. Whoa. Okay. Well, let's, I mean, let's get started. I'm, I'm so raring if, to go. If you're turned on and raring to go, let's raring to go into this. Uh, Jeff's summary. <laughs> oh, that's right. Uh, okay. So this movie, um, Jesus Christ. this movie's about, well, have you seen, uh, let me ask you listeners a question. Have you seen the movie Hellraiser? I hope so, because we're talking about the second one. It's about, you know, the Cenobites and the girl from the first ones in an insane uh, asylum and hell. That's basically it. I don't know. Beautifully done. Maybe my worst one so far. Well, if anyone listening to this has not seen Hellraiser one, guess what? Off the bat, we get a recap of the very end. We see Frank. He's got all them. All those hooks in him. He's got all them hooks in him. His face is all gross. And he says his classic line. Jesus wept. And they explode him like a grape. And then you see Kersey trying to sprint out of the house. And all of the Cenobites are trying to get her. Everything's falling apart. And then she ends up sending them all back to hell. Yeah. We then get the title and... Once again, we get such an epic score. The score in this movie is beautiful, brilliant. It's haunting and it's mm-hmm. fantastic. Music done by Christopher Young. Kind of gave me Danny Elfman vibes a little bit. Really? Yeah, a little bit. Well, it's kind of uh... a... Yeah. I don't know. I think uh, it is... We talked about this a little bit on Hellraiser 1. You said it's not really a theme, but it's more of like a... I don't know what you called it, but... It's so like a, beautiful. It's again hauntingly beautiful. Mm. It's one of my favorite scores in, in horror movies. And we now jump into the past for a second, and we are introduced to Elliot Spencer. We don't actually get his name in this yet. We learn that in the next one, but as a Spoilers. big Hellraiser fan, I know his name. We see him. He is pre-Pinhead, and as you said, it's it's like it's his, Pinhead's origin story, <laughs> which I didn't realize at first. To me, it just looked like. An explorer, you could tell because he had one of those cool explorer hats. Mm-hmm. Very, the vibes were very Indiana Jones. Uh, it showed like his cot, and there's like a little whip, and like a little hat, and some other stuff like a map. And he's in like this big, could be like a pyramid tomb yeah. type room. Yeah, like a pyramid. 
And he's sitting on the floor trying to solve that box. And he does. And he does. And we see this human get transformed into the now infamous pinhead. Yeah, which I like. The- I'm going to be honest here. Yeah. It was a little goofy. <laughs> the transformation? Yeah. Like it showed him being like, oh, no. And they do like the they make him lumpy. I don't remember how. And then they put the pins in him and the pins going in. It was like these little tiny like they look like little alien hands or something. Yeah, like tentacles. Putting the nails in him and the stop motion. Not just in this scene, but in this whole movie. <laughs> yeah. Is mm, ah, maybe it doesn't seem like even up to the standards of the 80s. Yeah. I'm not sure. Like I'd have to see side by side with other movies, but it feels like, you know, that animation they always show where it's like the skeletons in mm-hmm. Egypt or whatever. Yeah. That's like the example of stop motion. It felt like that level. Really? It was very choppy and slow. I kind of liked it. I think it added a weird element to it. I know I'm sure it made it, it wasn't funny supposed to, to me. All the scenes. I was like, this is funny. But I did like that. They showed how he was just a normal human. And all of a sudden his face is just like completely pale. Yeah. And you see like knives cut open his face to make that's like, the lines right. On his that's head. how it made him lumpy. Yeah. And then they just shove the little pins and you see the little hammer go down and put a nail. Yeah. Into every <laughs> it was kind of like thing. cute in a way. Yeah. And well, that is our origin of Pinhead. Yeah. We are now back in the present. We have Kirsty, of course, played by the amazing, beautiful Ashley Lawrence, my biggest crush. She has never looked better. Her hair is big. She is really sweaty because she just woke up from, uh, I guess this takes place like mere hours after the original. So she is in the Trinard Institute. It's a psychiatric facility. And one of the only notes I have about this scene is that she's being kept here, yet the boyfriend she was with steve from the first one they just let go and sent him home yeah they're like well he's a boy he's a man maybe it's because you're a woman you're being hysterical (laughs) it was her house and her family and all that that are dead so they're like you know what we should do is let the boyfriend go home and we'll keep um the the victim yeah that one i was just like why let him go but he should be like prime suspect for story purposes he's just gone and she's being Asked questions by an investigator and just no one in this hospital believes her that she has witnessed just absolute madness and beings from another world mm-hmm. killing her entire family. There's also a lot of um, exposition on her part. Yes. A lot of, uh, you know, oh, no. And then recapping long scenes from the first movie. I'm like, I see what they're doing here. So once again, if you have not seen the first one, don't worry about it. Yeah. You'll be caught up pretty quickly, although I will recommend... 200% watch that first one. That one is mwah, chef's kiss. Shut up, Jeff. <laughs> we flash back to the cotton house and we have police officers going through and they end up finding some bodies and they find the bloodied mattress that Julia's body was left on at the end of part one. Yeah, and there's like hooks on it. They don't seem super phased. Maybe that's just they're like, I've seen some shit. That's why they're the ones who are sent to this house because they're like, e- we've dealt with worse. Yeah, than this he's before. just kind of like, oh, uh, can we have someone else come pick this up? And the guy's like, just bag it up and bring it back to the station or whatever. We are now introduced to Dr. Chenard, the one who runs the institution, and he is the head of this this facility. Yeah, probably the most like sinister sounding doctor I've ever heard. Are you just saying that because he's British? Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could uh, like do an uh, impression, but I don't remember exactly. Well, I mean, you're not wrong. He does have like a certain cadence to his voice. Yeah. I am Dr. Janad. <laughs> oh, pretty good. No. And then the stuff he says, too. It's like when we 
delve into the brains of... It's like, dude, chill. The mind is a labyrinth, ladies and gentlemen. A puzzle. And while the paths of the brain are plainly visible, its ways deceptively apparent, its destinations are unknown. That's what my note just says. He's a bit weird. Yeah, he, it's like <laughs> someone needs to look into your, you know, yeah, yeah, personal life. Maybe we are also introduced to his assistant, Kyle. They go to check on Kirsty now that she has woken up and she tells them you got to get rid of that mattress. That is Julia's way back into the land of the living. And everyone's right. like, ah, go <laughs> get okay, crazy. Yeah. All right. Also, quick side note. Um, why isn't his name like doctor or something? Because he's also a doctor, I thought. Uh, like Dr. Chenard and Kyle. Yeah, he's the assistant. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, he just like, don't call him doctor. (laughs) He's just Kyle. He's just Kyle. Well, we also have Kirstie meeting Tiffany, another patient at this facility. We learn that she doesn't speak. She has no family, but goddamn, does she like puzzles? She loves puzzles. She's regular Steve over here. Hey, oh, later that night, Kirstie has a vision of a man. But what's there? What's off about this man, Jeff? Well, he's got no skin. He's got no skin. He's just a bloody mess. Yeah. And I liked it because for well, it's a close up of his finger and he's writing something on the wall. Yeah. And then it zooms out and it just shows him like sitting and pointing at his little <laughs> sign that he made. Yeah. I was like, I don't think you need to point. And the sign says, I am in hell. Help me. Yeah. I am in hell. Help me. I've seen some very funny memes where people change the blood and it's like, I'm eating wings. I forgot my napkins. Help me. <laughs> and he's like pointing or, at it. I'm sticky. Help me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, she assumes and we all assume this is her dad. It's her daddy. Her dad was left skinless at the end of part one after he was murdered because Frank was the one wearing his skin. That's right. Hellraiser one left skinless. Yeah. There's a lot of just like skin. Yeah. It's the main in these movies. Yeah. Skin razor. We have Kyle overhearing Dr. Chenard talking to, I think, the one of the officers about getting the mattress taken somewhere, but it's not to the facility. It's going to be to his house. Make sure to take it to my house, not the hospital. The back door. As Kyle just stands with the door half open, staring (laughs) at him, but he doesn't notice. Because he's looking down. Yeah. And then he opens the door. Uh, Doctor. Oh, uh, hey. (laughs) Well, we now do get more retelling of. Hellraiser one. That's right. We see we have Kirstie telling us more about Frank and Julia and how they were hooking up behind Kirstie's dad and just that Frank came back and Julia killed a bunch of people to give him back his body and his skin. And she seemed to know a lot that I don't remember her knowing from the first movie, but Kirstie. Yeah. She kept saying like, well, you know, what must have happened was she was collecting bodies and this and that. And it seemed like she knew a little bit too much. I believe she did see Julia bring men back to the house. Maybe in visions points. too, you know? Yeah. Or maybe when she was in hell in the first one, the Cenobites sent her like some messages like, hey, want to see something upsetting? Boom. Boom, baby. Send that right into your brain. Yeah. We're at the Chenard house now, and Dr. Chenard has the mattress just smack dab in the middle of his office. He wanders off, and Kyle now decides to sneak in, and he starts looking around this office, and he finds all of these papers and just weird shit around. And then we also now see that there are three of the lament configurations in these really cool glass cases. Yeah. And I clearly was like, Dr. Chenard is uh you want those? Yeah, that'd be cool. You're Dr. Chenard, aren't you? No, I don't want to go there. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like all kinds of like drawings and schematics and all kinds of shit. Clearly this dude's 
obsessed. And there are sketches of the actual boxes too. And mm-hmm. we see a picture of Elliot Spencer, the man we saw at the very beginning, who is Pinhead. There's an old black and white photo and articles about the fourth dimension and conquering death. And Is death the fourth dimension? Yeah. Like you said, he is a little, uh, he's, he's a, a little, little cuckoo. Gennard now returns and he brings one of the patients from like the really severe part of the wing where this guy is envisioning all of these bugs on him, even though they're not there. And it's pretty gross. Yeah, it's like the maintenance level. It's like below the basement and it's a bunch of wet pipes and stuff. And then solitary confinement. Yeah, that's that's what it is. Well, Gennard takes off this patient's. What is it? It's like straight jacket. Yeah. He sits him down on the mattress and then he pulls out a razor blade and just hands it to him. And he lets this patient go to town. Oh, yeah. And this is a scene I did warn you, like, Jeff, this is going to be something that will probably upset you. Mm-hmm. And it you- wasn't too bad. OK, I the effects weren't so good. <laughs> Still, though, like, see, I don't know, seeing it this many times, I'm so like, man, they, they do a really good job for the most part when he puts the razor blade against mm-hmm. him, like skin opening and blood coming Ew. out. And he just is going to town all going over to his town body. Himself, yeah. I remember I was I showed this movie to Fernando on a wine Wednesday one time. And during the scene, he looks over at me and says, so this is what you're into, huh? <laughs> and I was like, it's not all this, Fernando. Yeah. Shout out, Fernando. Hey. The man falls back, continuously cutting himself. And then all of a sudden we have these arms shoot out and yeah. these legs shoot out. They give him a hug and they wrap around him. And, and the legs wrapping around him was funny. It was it, like piggyback. In one of my favorite scenes, this man is slowly getting pulled sort of into the mattress. Mm-hmm. But then we see a face emerge. A muscle face. And it's just bright white eyes. Yeah. What was something about teeth. the teeth and the eyes being so bright and white? I think it's just because, oh, yeah, this is a Hollywood actor. Right. This was the time where, like, you know, you had to be perfect. And like smiling, too. Like, yeah, oh, it, it was the smile like. I'm back. Yeah, hey. Hello, it's me, Julia. It gave me, uh, gave me the shape of the head felt like the mask to me. Yeah. Oh, the mask from from the mask. Somebody stop me. <laughs> yeah. That was a pretty good line. Yeah. And then he like put, he like rolls over off of the mattress and yeah. pulls the muscle body out of the mattress portal. It's like Which, a gooey, it, soppy mattress hole. I really like the way they did it. I and mean, they kind of roll onto the ground and it's like a naked muscle body. I completely understand like how they did it. I'm sure there was like a fake floor, like floor underneath mm-hmm. and they just kind of push them out or, you know, but yeah. I think just it looks so cool. cool. Like a, a human, I guess a human, just skin Humanoid. muscle creature thing coming out of a mattress. It's a great visual. It I, was weirdly um, sexy. Uh, I'm going to go say <laughs> that the face total. There's like certain things that they do that I'm like, this would have been cool. Really? Except I think- it's punctuated by like weird, like, hello face. And then right after this, they roll into the ground. And then there's like a <laughs> that's eight my next minute note. <laughs> fucking scene of them just like, he's like crawling in the like skinless bodies kind of like slipping and sliding on the ground and kind of grabbing at his ankles. And I'm like, my note just says slippery, slippery, <laughs> sexy. Like I couldn't tell what was happening at this point. I'm like, is he trying to get away? Yeah. Or it seemed like they're just kind of like, just slipping and sliding around on the ground for like, you could edit this a little bit. No, not at all. I think the awkwardness adds a certain level of, I don't know what it is, but it adds to me. To me, it was just kind of like, uh, you know. Yeah. I'm like, so, this is still going. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, you could tell he was trying to escape because he was trying to reach out to towards the end of the yeah. Yeah. Towards uh, a curtain, which is where Kyle's hiding behind. And I think the actor did a great job with his facial expressions. See, that made me laugh, too, because he'll like, kind of look around and you just see his head go back and his eyes wide. And he's like, oh, God, and his eyes looking back and forth. Yeah. He manages to fuck out of there because of all of the slippery crawling. Yeah, yeah. And well, we have kill number one. I'm going to call it. We have this patient get a hand into the back of the head. And then it's kind of a, a favorite move in this film is a is kind of a, a putting the four fingers in like a into the head. Like it's almost like it's like a like a, a soggy bread. Yeah. You know, it just and goes right in there. No resistance. He gets just the life sucked out of him. Literally sucked out of him. He yeah. gets sucked clean. Kind of like a kiss. Hmm. A sucky kiss. Well, with a head handle. We learn that this is Julia. She has returned out of the mattress. And I want to give a shout out to just the effects because there's a shot of her just standing up with her back and you just see the muscle and the yeah, bone. The, the spinal cord. Yeah, and it's just all goopy and sloppy and just I think it was smart wet. of them to make her so goopy and wet. Yeah. I My guess is that that was lube. Probably. <laughs> just covered in lube. Red is my lube? guess. Or like paint and lube. Yeah. Yeah, because there's a little bit of red in there. Food oh, coloring and lube. covered in red. Or do you think that? Well, I think that was suit. mostly her muscle. Yeah, like mm. the suit. It was cool looking. There, you know, there. It's the 80s. There are moments you can see wrinkles in it and stuff. But like overall, very cool. I just think that they're great stylistic choices. And yeah, totally. It's beautiful to me. We have Chenard and Julia now teaming up. My notes just say she wears a big baggy bloody suit at some point. Oh yeah, her white suit, her 80s white like Miami Vice suit <laughs> over her naked bloody body. She's like, I'm cold. There's also a lot of like people staring at each other in this movie. Like a lot. Okay, well, Jeff. More if, than dialogue, it's just people staring at each other. If that fucking lady, skinless, muscle bound, bloody lady walked in, you wouldn't just be staring at her like, whoa. But then she does it too. And then she says something like, does this work? Or something like that. And he's like, oh, yes. She's probably jealous of all his skin. And, he, and he's like, uh, what does he say? Looks good. Or something like that. Like, Ew, you pervert. <laughs> he does. Uh, I was just going to say, just a lot of long lingering scenes. Well, let's make things sexy. Set the tone. We have Dr. Chenard deciding to wrap her up in bandages, which I really liked. It yeah, was a cool bandage. look. And you brought up a pretty funny point. It's like, man. That is just sticking right to her. And you can only oh, yeah. imagine well, like how painful that would be. Yeah. yeah. It looked. Uh, yeah. That when it showed him like close up wrapping the bandages on her like exposed muscle. I was mm -hmm. like, Ugh, that reminds me of wrapping bandage on my hand when it yeah, was like fucked up. You could just see like muscle or whatever underneath or like fresh skin. And that was the most painful thing I've ever experienced. So I was yeah. like, oh, this is upsetting. Because not only is that shit going into your cut, but then when you have to take it off. Yep. Shit's coming out and shit's staying in too. Yeah, sorry, uh, <laughs> triggering alert there. Uh, but then she, he also wraps her face, and mm -hmm. they employed an interesting technique here, similar to another movie uh, I'd like to call The Phantom. The Phantom is real. Where uh, oh. she's like wrapped in what's probably like an ace bandage, like unitard, uh -huh. and then the head of it is a is rubber. Is it? Yeah, like the ace bandage is like a rubber hood in the shape of ace bandage. Oh, okay. I did notice I was like, that huh. was a little off. Like that had wrinkles too. And then like the ace bandage would just stop like towards <laughs> the certain... holes in her mouth and stuff. I was yeah. like, that's funny. They should have just wrapped her head. Nah. 
but they probably tried and it looked dumb. Well, I think they knew that years later we would be talking about this podcast. Right. Or talking about they this should on the known. podcast. And then that would lead you into a Phantom reference. They're like, let's give it to him. You yeah. know, he, he needs to bring it up. And you know what the Phantom is? Lord of the jungle, the hero who stalks. The beasts call him brother, the ghost who walks. He's the ghost who walks. <gasps> she's kind of like, kind of like the ghost who walks. Because she's wrapped in white bandages? And she's dead. And she is. And she's walking oh, around. I don't know if she's dead. She seems pretty alive no. to me. She, not, only, she, not only does she, she seem alive, but she seems pretty horny too. I mean, everyone's horny. I, I mean, this is, she just walks right up to Chenard and she's like, ooh, let's have some kisses. Now, yeah, this scene was maybe the most upsetting in the whole movie. Touch my butt and my boobs. Yeah, because it shows mm. her like move his hand onto her bare, literally bare ass. <laughs> yeah, there's no bandages on there. It's just I was like, don't muscle. do that. It's like he's feeling up jello it was like ew <laughs> and then they kiss this movie yeah i mean he's not something's wrong with these people he's not upset by it i feel that's like he's the worst part in shock because he is kind of he wanted he all this wants it yeah but it, i think maybe it's just one of those things where you're like oh this is actually happening as opposed to what you envisioned yeah 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 he's like this was a better idea in theory <laughs> um I mean, I guess You're, he's, you smell, but I'm still oddly into this. Still kind of horny for it. I'm so oddly into this that I'm going to now start bringing women back into my attic for you and to you can slurp now. down. Because <laughs> because yeah. now now I need skin. Now what we need is skin. So they yeah they find a bunch of ladies and suck them dry and skin her on up. There's like seven or eight of them up in his attic. Yeah, and which is weird because it took the one dude to like make her 90% a human. She's all muscled up. She's ready to go, which is different from Frank. what I appreciated in the first movie. Frank, it's like the blood into the floor. And it was like the slow, the grow. And he's like a skeleton man and all this kind of shit. And this one was like, don't worry, I'm a muscle person already. And then they take like 12 ladies to give her skin. I was like, yikes. I have a theory for that. Okay. My theory is because this takes place hours after the first one. She is not. She's not fully. Yeah, she's not fully like digested. I don't think yeah. that's the right word. That but, you of, know. It sounds right. And I think Frank was there for maybe years. The yeah, house had been okay. abandoned at that point. Mm-hmm. And yeah, maybe he just been sucked so far into hell that having to make that come back. Yeah. And she was kind of like fresh. She was a freshie. Yeah. That's my only. Okay. Way to argue that. But that makes sense. It did require, I, I'd buy that. It did require a lot of women to bring her back. Yeah. But she's maybe, a lot of women. Yeah. Hey, not too much for Chenard. Kyle ends up going back to Kirstie and he's like, hey, babe, you were right. <laughs> I just saw some fucked up shit and <laughs> we need to go. Yeah. And she Kirstie's like, all right, let's go to the Chenard house and let's get the boxes back. I don't know what their plan was. I guess yeah, she's like, I'm going to go get my daddy. Mm. I'm going to find a box. and I'm going to open the gateway to hell and go on in there and get my daddy. He got a ticket to hell. And he's like, what if we go stop all of it from happening? Because it's horrifying. Yeah. And I'm going to sit here and watch you in the shower until you're done. They go to the Trinard house. They split up. Kirstie's looking. She's just captivated by all of like the lament configuration charts. And she sees the picture of Pinhead before he's Pinhead. And she mm-hmm. takes that. And then Kyle goes off and he goes into the basement. And by the basement, I mean, he goes up to the attic <laughs> and he runs straight into Julia. And she's like, oh, it's horrifying isn't it go check it out i'm scared and he's just like oh hey lady which to okay be fair, 
I don't think I would recognize you without your skin, dude. No, but uh, I might be like, uh-oh, it's Chinar's wife or something. You know what I mean? Like, I'm in your house. Like, who's this lady? She got kidnapped by Chinar and she's going to get eaten by the... Maybe, I guess. By the skinless body yeah. person. He's like, is it still here? She's like, yes. Go in there. Go check Go it out. Go inside. Well, he goes in, sees all the bodies, and Jeff, we have kill number two. We have Julia saying, come to mother. A fun little play on come to, come daddy, to daddy from Frank. Which she should have said come to mommy. I was a little thrown off by that, but I yeah. still appreciated what yeah, they were trying I like to throw do. Back. She kisses Kyle and she sucks him dry. And I did like that as the camera was panning around, we saw there was a chunk of her back around the spine that wasn't fully formed with skin yet. And then as the camera continued to oh, pan I didn't around, notice that. yeah, it went back to her back and it was fully healed. So mm. I, like, I like seeing little things like that. Yeah, and she also did the soft head maneuver. Of course, the the classic soft head maneuver. Yeah. Kirstie ends up hearing the shenanigans going upstairs. She runs up and there's a nice little reunion in a bit that I thought was actually super funny. Julia's like, hey, I'm the wicked stepmother. You're Snow White. Come at me, bitch. And oh, she yeah. just fucking backhands the just shit KOs her. out of Kirstie. One backhand and she's literally knocked unconscious. <laughs> I'm saying maybe it's like... Hell powers. I didn't want to say hell powers, but yeah, hell powers. She has, you know, if she can suck the life out of people, she clearly has some sort of supernatural. That shit must have like broken her (laughs) jaw or something. Probably. I mean, that was impressive. We have Chenard bringing Tiffany into his house now because he has her here to open up the box. Puzzle girl. Puzzle girl. This is all that he's been wanting. And so then Julia and Chenard end up just hiding behind a wall. Mm -hmm. Tiffany solves the puzzle. And we have everything just going back to its crazy shit. Yeah. Got the crazy light coming through. The walls open up and we see all these doorways to hell. And now we have the grand entrance of our Cenobites. They are back. We have Chatterer. We have Butterball. We have the female Cenobite, now played by a different person. And then we finally have the man himself, Pinhead. Pinhead. Woo! Yeah. I liked that. The other Cenobites were completely ready to murder this girl. And then Pinhead is just like, no, don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) No, it is not hands that call us. It is desire. And then the other Cenobites, like all of them, they just bounce. They're like, all right. (laughs) They're like, all right, man, sure. Whatever you say, dude. You're the boss, I guess. Back to hell. Trinard and Julia wander down one of the tunnels and then we have yeah, because they just leave them open, by the way. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like they just bounce. They walk like, away. All right. and it's like, I guess we'll just leave the doors to hell wide open. Which maybe it's to draw in whoever Desire. used Tiffany to to summon them. Mm-hmm. Kirsty wakes up too. Wasn't killed thankfully by that backhand. Yeah, wow. And she goes wandering after I guess her dad. She picks up the puzzle box and she just sprints. Daddy. Yeah, as soon as she gets in there, Daddy. I, like, I think there you, you, go. you laughed at that too. I think you said like I knew it or something, right? Mm-hmm. You knew that she was just going to sprint in there looking for her dad and just scream daddy right away. It's like, just look around a little bit. You run up a certain point that she says mommy and daddy a few times and you're like, stop weird. She's like in her 20s. Daddy, mommy. It's like, ew. maybe like for her mom, it's because her mom died at such a young age. She's like traumatized. Mm -hmm. And then she watched her dad get uh, digested by hell. That'll do some damage to you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she saw him get digested by hell and then just someone wearing his skin. My theory is that they wanted, um, what's this guy to say? Come to daddy. 
So they're like, we'll just call it, we'll have just her call her bad daddy. Yeah. There is a trippy, it reminds me of a funhouse bit where Tiffany is oh, wandering Tiffany in, goes to hell. in the in the tunnels and mm-hmm. there's a great funny scene of like these clowns and then there's like a baby doll with a stitched so mouth. So fucking weird. And it just like rubs the little needle against its like face. The baby <laughs> just, doll? Yeah, the baby doll. And I just laughed at that. It's, yeah, its lips are sewed together. <laughs> it looks like a spirit decoration. It does. It's yeah. hella funny and I loved it. Hella funny? Ayo. And uh, yeah, just a weird super cut of the just, I don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> Madness. It's like, of funhouse mirrors and then shots of apparently Tiffany's mom. Yeah. Going like, save my daughter, save my daughter. And then it does a bunch of them. And then it shows like a clown guy who's like holding eyeballs in his hands or something. That was cool. There's just, it was just like, it's just crazy shit, man. It was so, okay. I'm going to be honest. This is going to be mean. Okay. This scene, it was this movie released in theaters. Yes. This scene felt very much like a direct of VHS. That to is me. harsh. You it are, was very like that is rude. Haunted house, clowns, mirrors, and like was edited kind of weird and slow. But again, I think that's on purpose. I like that. It's the supposed whole, to just like, be so ups, like make you uncomfortable. It felt more like I don't know. The Weirded momentum out. wasn't there. Yeah, it was like weird and kind of like all right. I get where we're going here. Yeah, we have Kirsty. Reuniting with the Cenobites. They have a nice little conversation where they're like, Oh, Kirsty, we thought we'd lost you. So sweet of you to come back. How can it send us back, child? We're already here. And so are you. Didn't open the box. And what was it last time? Didn't know what the box was. And yet we do keep finding each other, don't we? Oh, Kirsty. So eager to play. So reluctant to admit it. Perhaps you're teasing us. Are you teasing us? Gonna keep away from us, could you? You're Eat. teasing us. Yeah, not gonna try and you know use any of your little tricksies to get away from us this time, are you? And she's mm-hmm. like, ah, uh, here's the box. And like, we're already in hell. What is that gonna do? Yeah, where are you gonna send us? <laughs> Thanks. And they're like, you know what, Kirsty, chill. Could take a look around. We got all the time in the world. And she's like, fuck, and just sprints out of there. Yeah, they're like, I don't know. Enjoy. <laughs> yeah. Have fun. They we'll say, be here. We have eternity to know your flesh. She fucks off. She does end up running into Tiffany, though. And they just like, I guess we got to get out of here. We'll figure it out somehow. Most of hell seems to be like hall, like stone hallways. We and haven't arches. Really described it. Yeah, it's just yeah. long hallways, arches. There are certain shots of, well, that's going to lead us into Julia right now. Julia and Trinard. Perfect. They end up wandering into this really like large open area. And it reminds me of one of those paintings with the upside down like stairwells. Oh, and totally. The like labyrinth area. Labyrinth, yeah. And they end up coming across the god of, of this hell. It's Leviathan. Yeah, it's the Sims diamond. It's <laughs> the lord of the labyrinth. Yeah. Yeah. The god that sent me back. The God I serve in this world and yours. The God of flesh, hunger, and desire. My God. Leviathan, Lord of the Labyrinth. And I think we actually got some looks at Leviathan in the reboot from 2022. Uh-huh. If you remember I remember correctly. you pointed it out because I think it's like in the sky or something. Yeah, and yeah. it shows the labyrinth even and everything. Yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah. oh shit. You're like, you're going to see that in the second one. So Did I remember you, you kind of got that? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And I also did like to, in a little bit, 
we're going to talk about how the worlds kind of collided, but they also did that in the 2022 reboot. Mm. Kind of like how, you know, he was entering into the normal world. Right, right, right. That sort of happens here too. Well, Julie being up to no good, she ends up turning on Trinard and she shoves him in a box. Yeah, a box big that was puzzle box. I really like that it was designed. Yeah, like the puzzle box. Everything mm-hmm. is very just wooden and symmetrical. Like, huh, that's cute. Oh, weird. You guys have fashion sense. Yeah. He ends up getting himself turned into a Cenobite. Yeah, a bunch of little metal wires go in his face and then a bunch of little stop motion noodle arms come out and they poke him with stuff. I think these were probably the I'm not going to say the worst, but the most noticeable stop motion things that I I got to admit. There's a, there's a good amount of it in this movie. But again, I think that that added a bit of uh, like a f- style to it. It was stylistic. Mm. And that's what I just mm. <laughs> I don't like. <laughs> You're being a bit of a rude goose over here, Jeff. <laughs> there's a bit now where Kersey ends up walking into this area of hell and there's a bunch of naked moaning ladies under sheets. Right, right, right. She has a reunion with Frank. And it turns out that he was the one who was the bloody corpse and he was just using himself to lure Kersey in there so she could either escape or help him escape or he's just going to keep her there. Yeah, he's like, your dad's dead. Then she ain't coming back. She gets really angry by this and uses a sheet to just set the entire room on fire, which I thought was a little like, this is the only thing to me that doesn't make sense. Right, right, right. Yeah. Where she... Because it's like you pull the sheet off the lady and they disappear. Yeah. Because he's being tortured. Yeah. Because he's so horny. Yeah. So she she throws the sheet onto the candles. Uh-huh. And but everything just the entire so fast. room bursts into flames. I yeah. thought it would like put the candles out, if anything. Sure, did, you sure know. didn't. But man, that sheet must have been soaked in gasoline. I guess so. That room went up in flames, baby. Frank's skin melts off. And then Julia shows back up and then she just fucking she does a fatality, essentially. Yeah, she yeah, goes yeah. up, grabs his heart from the back of him and then she has it and is like a shot of her just smiling, holding it next to Frank. Yeah. And I was like, he's like dying. It's like, that's great. And she also says the line. <laughs> Nothing personal, babe, which is what Frank said to her. Oh, right. When he stabbed her at the end of the first one. So that's right. I think Julia, honestly, is pretty good. In this. She's mm-hmm. just like Fighting everybody. She's like, I, hey, hell hath no fury like a woman's scorn. That should have been the tagline for this movie. Hell hath no fury like Julia really pissed off. <laughs> we go back to Trenard and he now has returned in his full Cenobite form and he gets a weird, funny, spinning penis hat inserted into yeah. his head. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It was like based off of earlier in the movie had a weird little surgery, brain surgery tool. And it looked like it was based off of that. Oh, I didn't like it was like a weird tentacle and it had it in the middle. Yeah. And it goes on the top of his head and like picks him up. And there's a bit of a funny, goofy shot where he it's just like kind of it's moving him around. And he's just like he's hanging there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just kind of moving. His whole design is so goofy to me. (laughs) He's like a body hanging by the scalp, like floating around. I like that he was kind of like blue. Yeah. Instead of pale white. For whatever reason, a tunnel blows open and then Julia gets sucked into it. And you know, I think one of my favorite shots is she's hanging on for dear life and she slips and Tiffany is holding onto her skin and her skin slips off. And then we just have this shot of can you describe of it? like <laughs> it's like a like a mannequin or something. It's like a weird from a distance, like a little body like because, yeah, it's like a hallway with wind or whatever. Yeah. And it's just her. Like silhouette of like a you stiff see body kind of wiggle. Wiggling. <laughs> it just cuts really quick, like wobble, wobble, wobble. And then it cuts away. And then it's gone. We both cracked up at that part. Yeah. And then there's just a pile of skin. Yeah, she's holding behind. like a skin suit. Yeah. 
with the nails on it, which was interesting. Kirstie and Tiffany do end up making it back into the real world. And this is what I was sort of saying. The the worlds are, are colliding at this point. You see them walking through the hospital and then they go through a ward and there are these patients that have all of these boxes that are trying to solve them and they have the the chains like attached their yeah, heads the little hook to. chains they're coming out of the boxes and hooking onto them and you see the weather outside has just gone from normal to cloudy and shit and that's what reminded me of the 2022 reboot when you saw leviathan above the giant mansion right 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 chenard just fucking appears and tiffany says her first word she says shit shit when she sees his penis hat as you put it <laughs> which i like we see more of his powers he puts his hands out and three tentacly looking things come out with eyeballs on the end and then the eyeballs eyeballs open open and then knives come out of those there's knives flowers uh, scalpels yes scalpels it's all just flowers made of scalpels oh it's very like yeah like i'm a doctor they really oh my god (laughs) in my notes it says (laughs) we get it dude you're a doctor his only lines are i've these are paraphrasing because i don't remember the exact lines on today's agenda evisceration your prognosis terminal (laughs) unfortunately no anesthesia here. It's just constant. I never noticed that till this time around. And I was like, like, wow, he's evil really doctor, man. It. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Floating around with his like stop motion tentacles, kind of like uh, Dr. Octopus, but much worse. Like intestines. <laughs> At one point he uses them and one of them opened this is later, but one of them opens into like a little flower. Yeah. And then another one opens and it's a little finger, a little finger like, like a beckoning here. finger, like, come over here, Tiffany. Yeah. God, that was funny. Like, so fucking weird looking. So I guess Trenard is just specifically after Tiffany right now. Yeah. Because he's like, he's going to essentially turn her into a Cenobite. Yeah, I, I guess. Think. Maybe it's because she technically, I, yeah, I don't know. Well, she tells Kersey that she needs to solve the puzzle and that's the way that they can close off this gate and send Trenard back to hell. So she sprints off back in what's up? Oh, sorry. Just because I forgot. I don't know if we mentioned the I think the did Pinhead re turn it into the Sims shape. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They like took the and they're like, what are you going to do with this? And then turned it into a diamond and like gave it back to her. And Curse was like, I don't know what the shit to do with this. Yeah. And then but now Puzzle Girl has it. And yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. I have to solve this. Well, she runs back into hell to get it because it got. That's right. I think Julia had it still in her skin, her skin hand. hand. And they just left it because they thought they were fine. They'd got which was out. also funny because when she goes back in, the skin hand is still holding it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, huh? Before Tiffany goes back into hell, Kirsty and her end up running into the Cenobites once again. Pinhead, Butterball, Chatterer, and the female, and they're like, "Well, we're kind of over chasing you. You're gonna die." Kirsty's like, "All right, hang on, wait, wait, wait. No more deals. No more nothing. Just just information." information. Go on. But trick us again, child. And your suffering will be legendary even in hell. And then uh, I like how they're like, <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, just say no and kill her. I kind of. But they're like, sure, why not? We're, we got nothing better to do. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Like, they pretty much have her right where they want her. Mm hmm. And she is just so good at what she does, like getting out of these situations, these pickles with them. It's just it's brilliant to me. Gotta say, they just seem pretty reasonable. They're chill. Like I said earlier, when they first ran into her, they're like, hey, hang out. Yeah, you're fine. No rush. (laughs) We're going to get you. It's like, all right. 
Well, she pulls out the picture that she took from earlier in the movie of Elliot Spencer, Pinhead before he was Pinhead in his human form. And uh, they get really confused because Pinhead's like, who's this supposed to be? She's like, it's you. You know, you used to be human. Y'all think about that. And then there are shots of like the female, like she starts to kind of furrow her brow. And yeah, they're all like, they start kind of like hmm. looking around like, oh, I'm I'm stumped right now. I'm yeah. really thrown off. Human. <laughs> She's like, you all used to be human. And Remember, Peter? <laughs> Something does flip in their heads. And so Trenard now appears coming straight after Tiffany and Pinhead starts off by trying to defend them. He throws some hooks at him. They go into Trenard and Trenard just sort of laughs it off. And he uses like his medical tools to just cut the chains right yeah, off. Yeah, And explain that to me really quick. What is it? Why? Why are they defending them? Is it because it's like we were human? We so we have sympathy for you. Is that kind of what they're getting at? I think so. It's that Kersey has helped reawaken real quick. Yeah. Well, I mean, they I'm have the say photo, it, I guess, it, the memories. I don't it know. It was mostly Pinhead. Right. Because he was the one doing the chains. He was the one doing the chains. The other three didn't really do shit. And then they There's actually confused. looked really concerned when Pinhead's chains True. got cut. And then Trinard just shoots these fucking, I don't know, like. They were like tentacles Spikes. that turned into spears. Yeah, spears. They're like wibbly wobbly until he, he shot his tentacles out. And then they're like stiff rods that were like going through each one of them. That's very sexual. And theme for the movie. Hey. Well, we have the female go down first. And what I liked about this scene was that we saw them revert to who they used to be. Mm -hmm. So the female Cenobite gets hit in the chest. She falls. And then we see a very pretty blonde lady just dead on the floor. We see another one go into Butterball. He falls down to the floor and he's just a very large, pretty large man. He's a beautiful large man. Yeah. And I think my favorite and most confusing is Chatterer. Uh, I'm a little before you uh, divulge this uh, a little concerned. This is your favorite. Steve. <laughs> but continue. I will say it was my favorite. He was my favorite Cenobite. He's always been my favorite. Oh, Cenobite. OK, good save. Yeah, thank you. So the spike goes into him and he gets impaled on a spinning pillar. Mm -hmm. And I like that they had the, the they had chatterer spinning on it. And then in one of the rotations, it spins back around and we see it's a child. That's right. A dead child. And I really like that. They're also wearing like their bondage suits, too. Yeah. It was yeah. Really just like weird and upsetting. Yeah, it definitely looked weird, especially like on the kid because it was like too big for him, too. Yeah. And then. Trenard decides to really fuck with Pinhead and he starts to turn him back into a human using his hell powers. And I really like the transformation because every step back that interesting because I read something about that. What's that? There are other theories. Really? That he started to turn because of his remembering his humanity because of Kirstie. Yeah. I just think it's so he's like, I'm human now have been Trenard because I think Trenard hit him with like some blue some energy. Kind of, oh, that's right. I and forgot about every that. Every time he like looked less and less like Pinhead, and more like mm. Elliot Spencer. But I'm sure it's like probably a play on both. Maybe both. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, he gets turned back into a human, and he gives Kirsty and Tiffany a longing look of "I got this." And yeah, just and then he winks at him. <laughs> wink. Immediately, just oh, can we get three uh, slices? Oh, that's right. Oops. That's for the uh, female. Mm -hmm. That's for Chatterer. That's for Butterball. Can we get one for Julia? And here's one for Julia. Maybe. We'll see. Well, let's get one finally for Pinhead. Too. Well, here's Pinhead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just goes down. This was reminiscent fast. to me for like the character at the end of Wonder Woman for some reason, where it's like the guy with the mustache and the big manly suit. Yeah. It's like something about him in the like 
pinhead costume. It just looks goofy. He just looks like a skinny white guy. Like <laughs> he does. Don't worry, I'm here. I do it's love like, that it's oh, okay. still Thug Bradley. You know, totally. Yeah. Oh, he's dead. Tiffany and Kersey now just sprint right back into hell, and this is when they finally get the puzzle box. They go to Leviathan, the floating giant Sims puzzle box floating in the sky. Trinard mm-hmm. catches up to them, and he knocks Kirsty around a little bit. And then this is the bit that you were talking about, where he's signaling to Tiffany, come hither, finger. finger coming out of his tentacle. And then who comes around the corner but Julia? Julia's back. She starts kissing him, and I looked over at you, and you made like a really upset face. Yeah, I didn't like that. And I knew what was happening, but I was like, don't. I mean, it's pretty obvious. This is not Julia. This is Kirstie wearing Julia's skin. There's just something Mm -hmm. about these movies where everyone just loves wearing each other's skin. I mean. It's fantastic. That's right. So she distracts Mm -hmm. Trinard enough because he was trying to lure Tiffany into a fucking Hellraiser box. One of those boxes, yeah. Into a Cenobite. Cenobite. And he ends up firing off two of his tentacles into the ground. And I need you to explain to me what happens, Jeff, because I'm not. I'm confused. Okay. He shoots his tentacles into the ground. I don't remember that. Oh, really? Because <laughs> he's like trying to scare Tiffany. He shoots them into the ground? Yeah. They latch into the ground and they get stuck, remember? Huh. And he starts doing, I forgot to mention, one of the things I love about Trinard is once he is a Cenobite, he likes to do this. Ah! Oh, I do remember that. Well, it's weird because it's like a, it has like a like an vibrato echo. or something yeah. to it. It's like, oh, <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? Yeah, he shoots off his two like two. I tentacles. thought he just missed. Well, he did, but they're in, like they're lodged in the ground, and you see him trying to get him out, and he's he starts stuck. shaking. Yeah, and then you see like liquid pumping out of him, and he's freaking out, and then that rips off the top of his head. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I was gonna ask you. No, I got no idea. Because I remember, oh, and then like fluctuating and yeah. pumping. Yeah, and then like the penis head bit like started getting enlarged and stuff. Yeah. And then, yeah, Maybe, I think the penis hat was trying to pull to unlodge him from the ground. Oh. And then instead it just rips his head off. Oh, that makes sense. Because his tentacles, I guess, were just extra stuck and they didn't rip for some reason. I don't know. At this point, too, Tiffany has solved the puzzle box and returned it from its skinny Leviathan Sims form into the classic puzzle box Cube. that we know and love. And I thought maybe that had some effect where oh, maybe maybe it weakened him. Yeah, or it started to just fuck around with hell. So because right. his little spikes were stuck, I don't know. <laughs> but we have kill numbers. Uh, we have a kill. Yeah, that's a kill. That's a kill. That's our new sound effect. Tiffany ends up falling off one of the sides of the bridges and she gets caught by Julia slash Kirsty. And there's a great scene where she's barely hanging on. But then the skin from Julia. And Tiffany up- still doesn't know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, which is, you know. And she's like, trust me. But then, yeah, her she's holding on her hand and the skin slips off of it. And you see it fall and get disintegrated into the depths but, of hell. Uh, what's her what's her name? Kirstie? Her just in, uh, yeah, Kirsty, uh, I guess, grabbed her with the other hand. Yeah, I guess so. And her arm just all bloody and she pulls her up. And then a very spooky scene where she slowly slips off Julia's face. I thought these effects were really good, though, because like half it was Julia. And yeah, yeah half it, it was, was smart because I think they had the actor who was Julia first. Mm -hmm. And then they had a cut to like her hand was covering it. And so it was, uh, uh, Ashley Lawrence, AKA Kirstie. Um, 
And then she pulls the face back and she's smiling underneath. Yeah. She's I, like, why are you smiling? Because she's like, hey, gotcha. It's just me. And it's the same thing again, too, where it's like covered in blood and just very shiny white, white teeth. teeth. Yeah. It's very like, <laughs> I don't, I can't even explain it. It's like, there shouldn't be any joy. Like, I I get that you just saved your this person's life or whatever. But also, Trinard is dead. Trinard is dead. But you're just in hell and you're wearing someone's skin and you're like, <laughs> Smiling underneath. Kirstie's like, this is the least of my issues right now. This yeah, is like, this is great. <laughs> She's just fucking losing it. I thought Ashley Lawrence, Kirstie looked really good. Just, you know, covered in blood, smiling. Having of a good course time. you did. <laughs> I gotta also comment, just she's always just had such big hair in this movie. It's fantastic. Your favorite? It's great. The two manage to escape just as the doorways close. They dive out and they have made it back home. The doors to hell have sealed. And the doors, when they closed, let out a wonderful noise that you absolutely loved, Jeff. That's right. What did it sound like? It was like, uh, if I can remember correctly, it was like a. <laughs> That's what the doors to hell sound like when pretty, they close. Pretty good. Well, we have our final shots. We have Tiffany and Kirstie. They're leaving the facility. They're all cleaned up. They're all like smiling all right, and giggling to each other. Time to go start our new life. Or as you said, I'm your mommy now. That's right. <laughs> they just walk off into the distance. Did I say final shot? Because, Jeff, there is actually <gasps> one more final shot. We have at least one of the movers from the first one. He is at the Chenard house. It's getting all packed up. And he walks into Chenard's office and just right in the middle. Everything else is packed up. But right in the middle of the floor is that bloody mattress mm-hmm. once again. In the in the attic. Is it? I believe it's in the attic. Oh, OK. That's my bad. I thought it was still in the office. I think. Probably. I think. I think you're right. Well, this. Brilliant- and he does. I mean. So you, uh, hypothetically, you walk into a, an attic. You've just been moving this guy's house and you find a mattress on the ground just soaked in blood um, with chains and hooks and stuff. It looks dried up ish. Yeah. And what you oh, maybe not. what you're going to do is you're going to put your finger in it and, and, and take a lick. Oh, remember, Kersey did that way earlier in the movie, yeah. too. I forgot. To I mention don't know that. what's wrong with these fucking people. <laughs> I'm not going to lean over and take a little lick. Did he? Take a little uh, lick. I'm pretty sure. Because I think he got close and then did arms, gonna. did arms shoot out? I believe arms shot out and they grabbed him and they pulled him in halfway for some reason. Yeah, I did like that. So the other mover comes up and walks around the corner and sees his mover buddy's legs just dangling out of the mattress. That was a cool shot. And then from the mattress comes a hell pillar <laughs> rotating for some reason because <laughs> it's cool and it shows pinhead's face and he's just like you see it like moving and he's yelling like ah and it shows my, my favorite part of this entire movie it shows these tiny little skeletons they're like <laughs> maybe 12 inches tall and they're just fucking they're just on the pillar like one of them's like fucking you know doggy style and then the, another tiny tiny skeletons there's like you know going down on the other one i'm like what the hell is happening the listeners couldn't see but i was trying to wiggle my arms around like i was one of the skeletons <laughs> i think you said you saw a penis on there oh there's just a yeah a penis hanging there are bones we have one of my favorite bits of the pillar we have the little uh baby doll with the sewed up mouth yeah making a return he still has the little needle like rubbing it on his face he's like i'm gonna do it <laughs> i'm gonna do it some more and then the final face that we see on the pillar is the homeless man from the first movie. From the first one, yeah, the guy who was eating all of the grasshoppers. That's He's right. eating the grasshoppers, and he ended up turning into the skeleton dragon and flew off at the end. Went ah with the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And now he's in the pillar. And, and he's like, his final words are, what's your pleasure, sir? That's right. That's right. And that is the end of our movie. So a little fun fact here. That wasn't ori- originally supposed to be the pillar. It was supposed to be Julie. Julia? Julia? Ra- raising up um, as the queen of hell. What? And she was going to be the new Pinhead? antagonist. Oh, again, I mean, again, I guess. But in the next one, she's going to be the main, main baddie. Mm-hmm. But as the f- the first movie came out, everyone's like, Pinhead's fucking tight. It's true. And they're like, uh-oh. We- <laughs> so they're like, we have to bring Pinhead back. And we'll just be like, she's gone. Whatever. Oh, man. And so they changed the whole direction of the whole franchise. That's crazy. But I also do get it. And I mean, Pinhead is still around to this day. That's right. Well, Jeff, let's move into our final thoughts of this movie. First question, and I'm not sure what you're going to say, yeah, but I I'm have curious. a very good uh, <laughs> inkling of what answer I'm going to receive. Did you like this movie? Well, Steve, <laughs> let me tell you. Please. No. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I like going in, you're like, whew, I might like this one better than the first one. It's mm-hmm. hard. It's hard to say. And then after watching it, Gotta say, don't agree. It uh, maybe if I saw it, I, but I wouldn't have liked this movie as a kid because I'd be too scared. Mm-hmm. But now I don't like it because it's <laughs> just chaos. Yeah. There doesn't seem to be like the plot. The story arc seems to be just kind of a little willy nilly. I me. agree. You know what I mean? It's a lot of like so so many shots of the hallways. Mm-hmm. The arched like hell hallways and then running and then like the the ADR or whatever, the the foley of their feet mm-hmm. never matched up. It was like pat, 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 and it would show and it was like didn't line up. Yeah. It always made me laugh. But there's just so much running around through hallways and being like, daddy or whatever. It was like, OK. And then it would cut to like a clown holding eyeballs. It was like it felt more like a, a haunted house sizzle reel than it did like a like a proper sequel to the first one one of the thoughts that i had during this i think it was when kirstie walked into like frank's section of hell mm-hmm. i was like this would be a great horror uh, attraction one of those like, totally one of one of those walks or whatever you just said like a fun house essentially yeah, where the like things slide out of the wall and yeah those like, are sliding they're like yeah you go yeah. down the hallways and you go into like the fun house and you just like see in a corner that clown with the eyeballs mm-hmm. and then someone laughing maniacally and a little baby <laughs> just being like, I'm going to do it. Yeah, I'm going to do like, it. I was like, I would so totally go in that. And yeah, then especially the bit with the platforms with the naked ladies under the sheets moving back mm-hmm. and forth. I'm like, that's fun. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> you know, it's like, I just feel like there could have been a more sturdy plot. Sure framework there's so much to pull from you know lean more into the cenobites thing where they're humans or whatever or like the evil doctor thing it just felt a little surface level you know what i mean like i'm a brain doctor and i'm evil (laughs) and now i'm gonna do all my doctor puns yeah doctor's ready (laughs) whatever so not not a huge fan Mm -hmm. Uh, well what about you steve before i go into that i'm gonna hold a curtain back on on a little something for the hellraiser episode jeff did not actually watch the episode before we recorded that. We had ended up watching Hellraiser a couple months before, maybe like two months before. And That's then right. I forgot you came over because you just didn't have time to watch it like while you were working. Yeah. So you pulled up like a walkthrough or like a play by play. Yeah, to refresh my memory. One. Yeah. So even based off that, you're saying the first one is better or you, you enjoyed it more? 
Does that maybe have I don't remember what I said. I might you might catch me in a lie here. <laughs> Not intentionally, but I don't remember what I said about the first one. I will say I liked the first one better than this. Compared, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how much I enjoyed the first one, but <laughs> but it did feel more like a solid like movie. It you know, is, you're rooting for the protagonist. Mm-hmm. There's the woman taking the body. You know, there's like a whole there's multiple things going on. You yeah. Know. Moving into your question, if I like this movie, Jeff, I absolutely love this movie. <laughs> so I saw this movie back to back to the first one years and years ago. Again, I, right. I was with a friend and she rented both of these and I had never seen either. And so the first one got me absolutely psyched up and we watched this one immediately after. And I think maybe just riding off of the love that I had for that first one, I was like, wow, they did a sequel the way they should. They made everything bigger, mm-hmm. better and bloodier. And they were in hell. 100%. Yes. You know, it was not really having an idea of what that was like and then being able to see it immediately after like, oh, this is it. But upon some rewatches, like I've watched this movie countless times. Mm -hmm. Yes. Some of the complaints I do understand, like hell is very barren. Yeah. Which maybe I'm not saying that was uh, an artistic or stylistic choice. I'm sure it was like budget and. It felt so. I did read that their budget got stripped at the last second. That sucks. Which I'm wondering if that's a big part of it. Like the carnival part, I'm like, okay, maybe if that was more of it, like there was more substance there. Mm -hmm. And then they kind of like diverted off and like, eh, we'll just have it be hallways. More hallways. It's like, all right. There is a scene where Kersey, she just stops in the middle and there's like seven different empty hallways every direction she looks. And I do understand that. But I mean, I still think that this is a very fun movie. It was. Like this has to be one of the movies that really in my like later teenage years got me into really liking horror. These movies got me into wanting to see more practical effects, more of like the body horror. And this second one delivered on that. The first really like the moments in there were I guess they were kind of far and few. But when they happened, like the scene with Frank, I don't think anything in number two topped that the Frank rebirth scene. That is one of the reasons why I think I actually now like the first one better. And like you were saying, there is a much more straightforward storyline. It's a family drama, the first one. Mm -hmm. But this this is right below number one for me. Mm. Like, I like that we see another different Cenobite, the Trenard Cenobite. I like more of hell. It was interesting to see Leviathan and that there, there is another god ruling this underworld. I just wish that they had been able to do more, like more to visualize or give Mm -hmm. it more. I don't know, something, substance. Mm-hmm. And I actually really liked Julia as the villain. I think it's really cool that they brought her back and she was actually like, she was doing shit. She was just killing people. She was doing what she wanted. And I respect that. Her character was kind of just a bit of a pushover in the first one and just used. Right. And so, you know, in my head, I'm like, well, she is seeing that version of her. And now that she is been reborn with hell power apparently <laughs> that can backhand the shit out of you she's yeah. like well i'm not gonna let, let myself get pushed around i do like her like revival how she's like the blood lady in the white suit yeah i was hoping i'm like that raised the bar and then it was like ah, and then she's ah she's back she's a lady in a dress now <laughs> i did yeah i i just liked seeing her i thought she was a good addition mm-hmm. i i really used to like trinard and now i feel like julia is a better sort of overall villain than he was. Trenard has a very, I don't know if cool is the right word, a very interesting visual. Yes. But I think, yeah, like maybe now that you're older, it's like, well, her character is more interesting. 
than a dude who's just like, ah, oh, yes, I guess I want to go I'm to hell. doctor. And now yeah. I guess I'm a Cenobite. Right. Yeah, the Cenobite look on his part was brilliant. I liked how also weird and perverted it was. Mm-hmm. The big penis head thing is just like. And his weird tentacles. And the way he just gets like injected with fluid at some point. Yeah. It's very interesting. I do love the effects too. I think everything in this is maybe again because I saw it when I was so young and I just have such a love for it then. Mm-hmm. Like with Gremlins too, that I just like I can't see. I see flaws, but I just you're like appreciating though. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, this is still something great. I do have a theory that you, I mean, you were a young lad Mm -hmm. when you first watched these movies. These movies are very horny. Yes. Uh, It's got to lend. There's got to be part of it. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, whoa, everybody's trying to fuck in this movie. Are those boobs? Boobs. Those ladies are moaning. Look at that hair. Yeah. Oh my God, the hair in the like 80s for was so some big. reason, I really liked these movies when I was a teenager. I hope this doesn't awaken something in <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah. And now it's like, bigger hair, please. <laughs> no, but that makes sense. Uh, there's a lot of movies that I watched when I was younger. Mm-hmm. That It's weird, though, because now I'm like, no, I still think this is all really good. And other people are like, this is it's kind of trash. Yeah. I'm like, I guess. I don't know. I think it was, I think it's great. You did bring up the stop motion, and I am now, the more Oof. I think about it, 100% sure it's because it's just, you know, low budget, and it just is what it is, but mm-hmm. I like to think that it's a stylistic choice where like you're just like, yeah, it's upsetting and not right, and maybe that's how you would, like, if you were in Kersey or Tiffany's position, you would see it like that, too, mm-hmm. and imagining that being Like the little real. chains coming out, <laughs> they're like slow, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all the animation is like half speed. Yeah. Which again throws me off, and I'm like, right. it's 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 off and wrong, and that's mm-hmm. why I like it. Interesting. Okay. All right. Next question, Jeff. Is this a movie you'll watch again? Um, no. Okay, that's fair. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Is this a movie I will watch again? Absolutely. <laughs> I almost put this on last night when I was doing editing. I just had horror movies going on in the background, oh, yeah. and I was like, oh no, I'm watching this tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, you got to save up. So instead, I had Halloween 3 on, of course. And I realized I don't think I should have movies on that I kind of like, because this also added to like some of my editing time is I noticed one of the good parts happening. I'll just stop and watch the movie for 20 minutes. I'm like, (laughs) God damn it. Yeah, yeah. At Halloween 3, at Halloween 2018, I put on something else. I don't remember, but I was like, "Ah, I shouldn't do this. And I turned the TV off. Uh, Next and final question, Jeff. Is this a movie you would show slash recommend to someone? Um, no. What if they were gorehounds? <laughs> um, nope. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh my god, that's upsetting. there. I know. I feel kind of bad because I know you like this movie, but I there mean, were big chunks of the movie where I was sitting there and I'm like, "Whew, man!" <laughs> like, if I wasn't watching this for a purpose. You would have turned it I'd off. I'd be like doing something else. Yeah, I was just like, holy smokes, this is dragon. I am going to say I was 200% aware of how you felt about this movie. I was trying just to just to begin with. And I am I'm like proud that you just stuck it out. And I am <laughs> thankful that you did. And I really appreciate that. And Anything. all of the listeners do, too. I do also think it adds a nice sort of dynamic every now and again to have another person's opinion, because yeah. I'm sure that there are some fans out here or part of the house of horror that also are like, maybe this isn't the kind of horror that I want. Maybe I'm more into the psychological or Mm -hmm. other aspect, but we got to get all of it in the house. My favorite is when someone just loves like the shittiest one, you know, someone's like, I I haven't seen the rest of the Hellraisers, but let's say like (laughs) fucking pinhead isn't, he's in space. And they're like, that's my favorite one. It's so good. (laughs) Like Hellraiser's 
six or whatever. That one's it's actually like. Hellraiser Four Bloodlines. <laughs> yeah, or like where they go into the internet. There or something. we go. It's the like, one with Henry Cavill. Good for you. You know, <laughs> for sticking up for what you uh, sticking up for what you like. Yeah, I do give people and fans credit for that. It yeah. is sort of like with uh, I mentioned Halloween earlier. Just some of the trashy shit that they've done in that series. That mm-hmm. there are some of the biggest defenders. And I mean, like I, I love it. I can love and appreciate so much, but I also know when something's not great. That's not true. I love a lot of shit things. <laughs> I take that statement back immediately. So would you, that hundred, being said, would you show someone this movie? Absolutely. I have multiple times on multiple people. <laughs> Fernando, you, some girls that I've dated, they didn't like it, but still, you know, they humored they're, they're me. They're like, uh, so is this what you're into or? It's like, yeah. Wait, you're not? Wait, you don't like big hair? <laughs> And they're like that's not what tiny, I see. Tiny skeletons <laughs> fucking. I'm like that's fun. <laughs> no. Yeah, I definitely will recommend this as well. And this, I will show this movie to other people, especially the gore hounds. And like, if you enjoy the first Hellraiser, especially just for its weirdness and just the the practical effects, I think this one sticks very much in that same boat. And I mean, these two are the ones that I have recommended most. I used to say stop after two. I have a new appreciation for three. Uh oh. Four is okay ish. Five, I need to give a rewatch because apparently Scott Derrickson directed that, mm. uh, who was the director of The First Doctor Strange. He did The Black Phone, which I really liked. And speaking of VHS 85 from earlier, he did a segment in that, which was mm. one of my favorites. So, yeah, um, the series is very up and down, mostly down. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I don't like hate them i'll still put them on or if one's on i'll check it out for a little bit but i mean the first two now the third i'm like these are solid for what they are i'm wondering how many we'll get through i think i think maybe three might be where i stop us i might have us visit five because kirsty does not appear in any after three she appears in three like through some archive footage or like a tape it's a very short scene. It's a little cameo, but she does come back fully in, in number five. And it's interesting what they do to her character. So maybe depending how desperate we get. Did you mention Keanu Reeves is in one of these? Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Uh, uh-uh. Oh, why? No reason. I said, I said Henry Cavill. Oh, uh, maybe that's who I'm thinking of. Yeah, He's in the internet one. Damn. I thought it was Keanu Reeves. I <laughs> Sorry, mean, no man. offense, Henry Cavill, but <laughs> all right, Jeff, well, let's move into the rating of this movie. I got a rating for it. <laughs> I thought you were going to flip me off. Here's, here's your fucking rating. <laughs> no, I have a rating system. All right, let's have it. Out of seven. Why seven? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> out of six, because hell. There we go. Out of six um, beckoning tentacle fingers. Upsetting. How many uh, beckoning tentacle fingers would you give this? That's a tongue twister. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give this. You said six? Yeah, out of six. Can I give halves? Sure. Uh, no, never mind. I'm going to give yeah, this. I, what I meant to say was no. <laughs> I'm going to give this five out of six. Whoa, fingers. Papa. I don't Whoa, know. Whoa, daddy. I, that's pod daddy, actually. <laughs> I don't remember if I gave Hellraiser one a perfect score. I think I remember saying that I wasn't because I enjoyed the second better. But they do flip flop back and forth. There's mm-hmm. so many good things about both. I'm going to change my score for whatever out of however. I think we gave it configurations. Oh, I think uh, so. For yeah. the first one, I'm going to give that f- like max five out of five, six out of six. I'm going to give this 
five out of six beckoning fingers. Okay. There is so much good about this. I am affected by my nostalgia for it. And I just love the gory over the topness. This sequel is a sequel. It doesn't necessarily live up to the first, but it goes all out in every other aspect. We got more <laughs> pinhead. We got more gore. We got more Ashley Lawrence. How can we not want more Ashley Lawrence in this world? She puts on a great performance no matter what she does. And I think this is an overall good time. Jeff, nice. Out of six beckoning fingers, how many beckoning fingers would you give this movie? Well, Steve, uh, I'm sorry to say, out of six beckoning tentacle fingers, I'd probably give this movie one. Wow. Beckoning tentacle finger. That is lower just than one, I thought. Just like in the movie, just <laughs> one beckoning tentacle finger. That is lower than I yeah, thought funny. it would be. Cool. Yep. Pretty, pretty low. I know your your thoughts and your reasoning. So again, I do appreciate you sticking out this one. Yeah, you know, it was for, there was some fun moments and some there were a lot of laughing laughs. moments mostly. Yeah, some spooky stuff, and you know, I'm glad I'm I'm glad I've I saw it. I'm glad it wasn't too. like I was like oh, you know. That's what was, I was mostly worried about. But um, you know, I wouldn't watch it again. And as this is one of my favorite series, is I do again appreciate you. Man, I got to. Yeah, I got to experience. And part of me wants to watch them all. We can slowly do it over time. Maybe just space it out for sure. Yeah, Maybe give me a little break in between. Yeah. After three, I believe Pinhead's appearances become less and less Mm. like very minimal, maybe like three minutes, two minutes or something. Wow. Yeah. Uh, There were a couple Hellraiser movies that started off as different movies and then they wrote in the Cenobites and Pinhead just to make it a script. Try and capitalize on the. I think after four, they all started going to direct to home video. That makes sense. So that would say a lot. Yeah. All righty. Let's move into everyone's favorite segment of the show. Tops and bottoms. Like it or hate it. One one star review and one five star review of this movie. Uh, To start us out, I'm going to do a one star review from Danny B on Letterboxd. He says, I had no idea what was going on. Pure nonsense from beginning to end and rarely entertaining. Some great designs and practical effects, though. One star. Hey, they at least you know, have some appreciation, kind of, like you. Yeah, lines up with what I was thinking. I f- was following along for what was there. It was just kind of like there wasn't a lot there. And I would say it, things did make sense. They was just very thinly, thinly Right, connected. you know, it's like the doctor. Yeah, sure, I get it. He's a, just a weird guy. Yeah, it was just mostly random shit was happening would you say it was as random as gremlins 2 no that's good yeah <laughs> would you say you enjoyed gremlins 2 or this more gremlins 2 okay I figured. the gremlins 2 is more nonsensical but things were like happening like you know sure there's a gremlin who's like i'm the phantom and he's like playing the piano yeah i was like what what's happening but at least it was like something's happening and not like daddy through the hallways for <laughs> 40 minutes or whatever. Yeah, it's probably more fun too. This was a little bit a little bit more on the dark side. Uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> you know, skinless people. Right. For the five-star review from user Derek McCall on Letterboxd, I am in hell. Help me. Uncle Frank is still giving a bad name to horny guys all over the world. Julia also just being completely out of line. Like a solid seven minutes of this movie is recapping the first one, which I'm okay with because the first movie whips tremendous ass. A sequel that expands on the original lore with such buckwad creativity. The whole movie is a bigger, crazier sequel. We love to see it. If you ever wanted to see someone wear the skin suit of someone else, man, this movie will deliver for you. Once again, Cursey Cotton for life. 
Five stars. So I have a couple notes. One is... This isn't a strong start. (laughs) (laughs) One is a lot of the reviews I saw were talking about how they're like, it's sad that my favorite part of this movie was like the 10 minute recap from the first movie. (laughs) Um, And then the other thing is a lot of people talking about how they expanded on the lore, Mm -hmm. which did I, I feel like they didn't much. Everyone's like, oh, my biggest complaint from the first one was it was missing a lot of backstory. And this one, they really expanded on the lore. I guess they did like, I would say hell the Leviathan thing, adding Leviathan and that they're like, these guys were humans before. There's that there's you're able to transform, which we sort of saw at the end of the 2022. And I remember that dude got like turned all super white and his skin. got Right. Yeah. Okay. And I guess maybe that there were more than one puzzle box. Because Trenard had three others. Right. Yeah, I, I think it's. it's it doesn't feel bits. like it's. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Maybe it's. They're considering the later movies too. Like, this is the start of some of the lore mm-hmm. that they build upon later on. I'm not sure. Like, I, I, I count that as world building. Yeah. It's very subtle, but it's yeah. there and I, and I like it. And I got to agree with this reviewer right here, especially in the final line Kirsty Cotton for life. She is life. Big hair, big, beautiful woman. Okay. <laughs> Her presence, you know. <laughs> sure, man. All righty. Well, now that we solved the puzzle of this podcast, uh, we can put it back together. Like, you remember that puzzle box I solved earlier today? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That was crazy. Yeah, I fixed that. So that's, end that's good, man. <laughs> that's, cool. Let's uh, close this puzzle. No, let's. <laughs> hey, now that we've solved the puzzle of do we like Hellraiser 2 or not? Right? It just fades on your laughter. We don't finish. Yeah, let's close this. Let's close this episode like we just closed the puzzle box is what I was trying to say like five minutes ago. There we go. Well, Jeff, before we end everything off here, I have some comments that were left on the Podbean page of all pages. Hey, Podbean. I like that we just sort of kind of have been throwing that platform out there just as a bit of an example, but we... I never decided to check it, and I did because I thought it was kind of funny when we said, give me your beans. Give us all your beans, Podbean. And we had some comments left, so let me read those out. Now, I'm not sure if they were actual five-star reviews of the episodes or of the show itself. Podbean, the app, didn't. it doesn't show me if we can get beans or get ratings. (laughs) But, you know, I figured this is a pretty good place to start with some comments. So from user Mark on the episode Final Destination 2. The life for a life concept gets explored in FD5. So we were a little confused in that episode about how, why. Life for a life. Exactly. Death for a death. And like, what about the baby? Or does the baby not count? And right. Oh, who, like, if I get brought back to life, does that count? So that's pretty fun. We'll get to learn okay, more about that. Okay, so they that. explain that in, in uh, FD5. That's correct. We only which is, I think, the same director. That is. Right? It's the is fourth that the fifth one? one? Oh, okay. The fourth one, yeah. The Never two. Two bad ones. I actually, one, bad one. one of my friends at work, she was telling me that it was kind of funny that she had just gone back and rewatched the Final Destination series. And she was like, oh, it was funny because I saw you posted that you did an episode on Final Destination 2. And I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah I've seen one, now two. But then the other one I saw was four. And she's like, oh, yeah, that one sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, thanks, Ashley. I appreciate the heads up there. So shout out to you, Ashley. So that is the first comment. Hopefully that was five stars, Mark. And hopefully you're still listening. Uh, another comment by Mark was on our episode 39, Scream 6. Uh, hey, what's up, Mark? 
what's with the Pepsi hate? I love Pepsi. Now, this was posted five days ago, and I spent a good five days thinking about what that could be referencing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I Pepsi hate. I think it was because that was the day I decided to get the uh, the Peepsy, the peep-flavored oh, Pepsi. Oh, right. And I was just, I think I finished it, and I wasn't happy I about it. I believe you drank the whole thing. <laughs> For some reason. Yeah, I think it's because it was there. Because, yeah, I'm a, I, there's a lot of Pepsi hate. Um, and I'm, But I'm a fan. I agree. I'll, I'll drink I, a Pepsi. If, if we said anything bad about Pepsi on that episode, I apologize. Here's our I official wanna, retraction. I would like to take that back, but I will but stand by the Peep Pepsi being bad. Peepsi is bad. Peepsi is bad. I think we can all agree on that. Mark, if you're listening and if you get the chance to try Peepsi, a.k.a. the Peep Pepsi, let us know your final thoughts on that because I stand by my final thought of it was bad and really I, yeah be. I there's I'm gonna go out on a limb I don't think you're gonna like it Mark it's not good but hey like what you like hey but if you do like I said some people like Jason X some people love Hellraiser too so yeah and Pepsi if you are out there listening we love you guys so much please sponsor us please send us Pepsi and we'll send that Pepsi to Mark and then a big fucking pallet of Peepsy shows up. <laughs> no! No! And then it slowly fades into the Twilight Zone. Yeah. I was, ooh, ooh. You get unlimited Pepsi, but the Pepsi is Peepsy. Do, 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 do. Fuck my life. Well, thank you for commenting, Mark. You, we appreciate you giving us some interactions and some feedback there. We hope you are enjoying the episodes. And if you are able to give us five beans or however many beans... Give us your beans. Give us as many beans as you can give us. Podbean, it's a pretty cool app and platform. I signed up so I could claim ownership for the podcast, and I actually had to screenshot one of the most popular searched podcasts because it made me laugh. So the number one trending was for adult slash sexy hot stories erotica. Oh, baby. If that's what you're looking for, check out the Podbean app. It'll be the number one trending thing, or at least it was two weeks ago when this episode comes out. <laughs> Shout out to you, Podbean. All right, Jeff, can you do the thing and wrap us up here? Sounds good. I'd like to thank the producers of this podcast for keeping the lights in the horror house on and the podcast going strong. You guys are keeping those scary, spooky ghosts away from us. because Keeping those, keeping those mattresses sloppy as we all know ghosts hate the light that's right that's what i learned in luigi's haunted mansion so thanks james miller joshua hansen and fernando diaz shout out thank you so much you guys thanks final girls aka gorehounds <gasps> and jeff where can people become a producer of the show well steve you can do that at patreon.com slash h-h-o-h i think that's right i'm second guessing that now but i'm pretty sure that's right uh, you can go and sign up and there's going to be cool stuff. And they did a whole update. You can we talked about it in the last episode. We'll probably be interacting with you guys and doing neat, neato stuff in there. You could buy merchandise at herwitzeshouseofhorror.com. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at herwitzeshouseofhorror. You can follow Steve, the podcast daddy, daddy podcast at Steve Thanks. with lots of ease. You can follow me at Art of Jefferson. You can follow Ugly Cowboy at Ugly Cowboy Co. If you could please rate and review this show on all of your pod tracking apps, it would be really helpful. That's how we get more listeners. And if you leave us five stars and you're able to leave a review on your podcasting app, we will read that review out live. Go ahead and give us a call at 
the Hot Take Hotline at 916-538-4412. Let us know what you think about the podcast. Uh, Maybe leave a little review of one of the movies we've covered, any of them, or a recommendation for an upcoming movie. Do really whatever you want to do. You can call in, just burp a lot. You know, call us names, nice names. Hey. Like, hey, handsome. Hey there, good looking. You're a big, beautiful woman. Personality. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, maybe we'll play it, on the, play it on the podcast. So that is going to now bring us into the final week of Hurwitz's Horror Part 2, the sequel. Jeff, what movie are we going to be ending this spooky, scary, spectacular, horror-filled month with? Well, Steve, it's got to be one of my favorite horror series. Ooh. So to finish us out right around Halloween, I believe this episode might be coming out on Halloween. I think we're going to push it back one day because Halloween is on a Tuesday this year. And I think that'd be fun and spooky and just appropriate. Yeah. We're going to be talking about Scream 3, 2. Duh. The whole. Okay. Hold on. You're bad at this. (laughs) Scream 2. The sequel. Yeah, I, I I feel like I've seen some of the Scream movies. I can't tell you which ones. You've I've, definitely seen this one. Oh, did I? Yeah, because we did the pumpkin carving. Yeah, we watched, I think, one, two, and three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Years ago. So I honestly was half paying attention. Mm-hmm. So this will be fun for me to kind yeah, of. Yeah, watching a, it with a more, you know. Uh, Laser focus. Yeah, thank you. Unless I decide to carve a pumpkin whilst watching this movie again. Hey. So we'll see. So everyone, if you want to check that movie out, or if you're a big fan, get ready to end the spookiest year with us and a certain man named Ghostface Killer, but not like the guy from the band, like the actual killer. What's your favorite scary movie? That guy. Mine is Hellraiser. That's not true. Maybe it's Suspiria. Ooh, it could be Friday the 13th. There are so many options. And that's how I would uh, not get killed because I would bore the ghost face killer before he you just I'm like oh but maybe it's this one ooh but evil dead 2 another good they, one see they both have their really like ups there so if i had to like what kind of mood am i uh, in ghost face <laughs> was that jeff or was that was that- ghost face <laughs> okay i thought that was you <laughs> well that does it for us this week thank you again everyone for listening we will see y'all back here next week and jeff as we say at the end of every episode of uh, this House uh, Aura, your, your suffering will be legendary, Terminal. even in hell. <laughs> <laughs>